Welcome back to the show. This is Chelsea on Ched. We're talking about Canada's history. And I'm curious, Ched Nation, do you find Canada's history a little boring? A lot of people do, but maybe that's because not all the stories are being told. We're going to get into it right now with biographer and historian who won the Pierre Burton Award in 2003, Charlotte Gray. Charlotte, I'm curious, why are you passionate about this? From Britain, you may have guessed I'm not born in Canada. That <laughs> um, uh, you know, People kept saying, but Canadian history is so boring. And partly, I think that's because there was just this one master narrative that you've just already described, which was all about how the modern state of Canada got de- got evolved over time and Confederation and World Wars and blah, blah, blah. All very good history. But so many people were left out of the story. And it was so hard, particularly for new Canadians, younger Canadians, people who didn't live in central Canada, to relate to this history. It had so little to do with them, and it was no way of actually sort of engaging their interest uh, in any very imaginative way. And yet I knew that there were lots of teachers these days teaching so much more interesting uh, projects and themes without this sense of how they had to actually sort of talk about building modern Canada, mm-hmm. which leaves, as you said, so many people out of the out of the story. And I'm glad that you put it that way because it's, it's something that I remember being, maybe boring is a strong word, but very dry. And and I'm glad to see that we're kind of taking a taking a bit more of a of a relook at this. Does this all have to do with reconciliation efforts? Because it was part of those conversations that that certainly I you know, kind of recalled my my learning in elementary and high school and realized you know there was a lot that was left out like residential schools for example so is it is it part of that conversation that now we're going back and we're really looking at the way that we're taught history well actually the changes to the way history is presented in the classroom began way before the trc truth and reconciliation commission and that has been laid on top of changes that were already underway Because what I find fascinating, Chelsea, about the new way of teaching history, teachers say we don't learn history, we do history. And what they do is they show their students how to discover history for themselves, how to do the research, how to talk to people, how to sort of go outside the mainstream. Hmm. And while they were already revolutionizing what was happening in the classroom, the um, Truth and Reconciliation Commission announced you know, our history is being badly taught because nobody knows anything about residential schools. So that all got channeled into the new way of teaching history, the new way of understanding our past, that it isn't some sort of glorious, peaceful march to a very successful country, which is what Canada is, if you go by any of the global metrics. It's actually been a tough road, and there have been winners and there have been losers. So what about the the gap of people that are out of school, long out of school, and aren't aren't part of this new shift then? Isn't there going to be a big uh, a big area of Canadians, a few generations of Canadians that that will never really learn this the way that they perhaps should? Well, it's not only that they will never perhaps learn it unless they actually want to and they start reading some of the new histories. They don't necessarily want to learn it. I mean, after I'd published my article in The Globe, the, uh, there was quite a lot of pushback from right. people saying, what you're talking about isn't history, and when are you going to start talking about the Fathers of Confederation? And it's tough to say to those people. The Fathers of Confederation did a great job on designing a system which by and large has worked pretty well. But, you know, they were just one tiny minority in this 
huge, diverse country with all kinds of other things going on that we need to learn about too. And we can make the choice for ourselves. If we know how to do history, we can go to the library. We can look stuff up on the internet. We can Google. We can uh, go for wonderful uh, sort of road trips discovering our history. And so learning to do history rather than just being force-fed one particular mainstream uh, narrative is much more interesting. Yeah, that criticism that that some of your writing would be met with isn't necessarily surprising because it goes back to what you were saying about how you feel that you relate to the stories that that seem like they they tell your story. If you feel like you have a connection to it, you're going to be interested in it. So I can sort of understand that that thought of it doesn't feel like it tells my story and therefore it doesn't matter. I mean, there with with so much history to tell of an entire nation being formed, especially one as vast as Canada, how do you pick and choose which ones are the important stories to tell or or to do in this case? Well, you can't tell them all. It's absolutely <laughs> true. You, but, you know, there's, there's some important points. Like, you know, you can deal with uh, your local history. There are marvelous teachers in Alberta doing exactly that, looking at sort of some of the ghost towns of uh, rural Alberta and saying, what was going on here and why is it a ghost town? There are also ways of talking to new con- the students who come from families who are only first or second generation Canadians saying, yeah, I know that, you know, you came from whatever country it is and uh, maybe you don't really relate to les voyageurs paddling up the big rivers of Canada. But how about this story from um, early Vancouver with the anti-Chinese riots? Is that something that you can understand, particularly when you see the really nasty um, propaganda against uh, immigrants from China during the during the COVID out, outbreak when suddenly Donald Trump starts talking about China flu and understand how these how these events happen, how, how sort of people get riled up for all the wrong reasons mm. because they just don't realize this happens again and again in our history. You know, in your article, Charlotte, and I'm curious if you can touch on this a little bit, the 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 first image that comes up, at least in the online form of the article, is a statue of John A. McDonald that's been vandalized. And we've seen this happen so much uh, over the last probably couple of years, I think, with so many different social protests coming to light. I'm curious while I've got you as a historian, what do you think about about that aspect of rewriting our Canadian history. You and I are having a conversation about rewriting history to expand our knowledge. What do you think about rewriting when it comes to getting rid of monuments or desecrating them or violating them in some way? How do you approach that? I think that you have to consider actually sort of every monument on on its own uh, merits. Like nobody anywhere wants a monument to Adolf Hitler or Joseph Stalin. On the other hand, so a, a figure like Sir John A. Macdonald, um, you know, we're learning stuff about him now that frankly never appeared in textbooks 50 years ago about, particularly with relation to how what he was saying and doing about indigenous peoples. And this has to be part of the story. But I would argue absolutely do not start lopping off the heads of monuments or sort of just tipping them over and burying them. Because they are part of our history. What we need to do is constantly to 
explain, to give the context of what was happening. Look, Sir John A. Macdonald was no saint, but by our standards, nobody in the 19th century, frankly, <laughs> much of a saint, unless uh, she was in a nunnery. And um, what we should be doing is saying, yeah, that was appalling, the uh, endorsement of residential schools. At the same time, if he had not managed to bring all the provinces together and put them together as the Dominion of Canada, we'd probably all be Americans. So we need to think about both sides of Sir John A. Macdonald. We need to contextualize the monuments. We want far more monuments to people who, weren't, uh, who, who aren't dead white men and who come from other backgrounds besides Europe. We need more monuments, not less, and we need better explanatory panels and TV programs, radio programs, explaining sort of on the one hand, on the other. We can't polarize our history into goodies and badies because unfortunately, you know, it's not that kind of story. Love getting your take on that, Charlotte. Thank you so much uh, for having this conversation this afternoon. If you want to check out Charlotte's article, you can do so at theglobeandmail.com. It's called Canadian History Was Overdue for a Rewrite. Charlotte, thank you so much for the time. And Chelsea, thank you for this.